Hi, I'm Dr. Amy Robbins, and welcome to Life, Death, and the Space Between podcast. I'm a licensed clinical psychologist and medium, and here we explore life, death, consciousness, and what it all means. Today, I have my friend Janice Gork here, and she is going to talk to us about her own journey through ayahuasca. And I'm super excited to hear her story because we've talked a little bit here and there on the playground of all places. Um, but she's here today to, t- to kind of take us through her personal story of her ayahuasca journey. So welcome, Janice. I'm so happy to be here. Thank you. So can you start by telling us why you decided to do something like this? Yes. Um, And I would actually say, well, not it decided me, but (laughs) I think uh, Mother Ayahuasca, as I didn't know that's what she was called before the medicine is referred to as Mother Ayahuasca. Um, Probably about 10 years ago, I was listening to Maria Menounos on Sirius Radio doing an interview was someone who I did not know. I kind of came in a couple minutes in and she, this woman was just talking about her experience with this medicine and plant medicine, ayahuasca specifically. And I just, I remember I was like folding laundry on my bed and I just stopped and sat down and I was captivated. I just, there was something in me that was like, what is she talking about? And this is, I need to do this. And that's kind of what I've learned. I didn't know it at the time, it was 10 years ago, and it just stayed with me and stayed with me. And I would hear Hannah Montana, or I mean, um, Miley Cyrus, <laughs> of all people, uh, you know, doing an interview when she had done it. So it was like, just kept coming up. And then last summer, I spent every night in my bed or on my, in my sunroom, um, just watching YouTube videos of people's experiences with their own journey with ayahuasca. And I just started seeing this common theme of kind of just coming back to yourself and self-love and just like an opening, an expansion. And, I, you know, this had been calling for a long time. And as I was watching all these videos and doing research and, um, like you said, we know each other from the playground. So being a mom, I also wanted to be really safe and make sure, you know, you hear things, just you're going to the jungle, you're, you can go somewhere. Like, so I really wanted to do some research and make sure. Um, and it, it just kept coming up that it's like it finds you. And once you hear about it, that people are called. So I would never say that ayahuasca is for everybody. I think people who are meant to do it know somehow. Um, it just either, you know, starts to show up or you talk to people or I don't know, for me, just something resonated and I knew that it was for me. Um, and then it was just a really kind of a weird end of summer, fall. Um, and I, the only way to really to describe it is I, I have been a spiritual, you know, on this spiritual journey since I was in high school, just always fascinated by um, mediums and, you know, things that we couldn't explain and just connecting and you know, things like that. I read A Woman's Worth, Marianne Williamson, you know, like in college and just was on this path. Our um, potential next president. Yes. <laughs> yes. Um, and uh, so, I mean, I just knew that it was for me, but, uh, oh, so I, so I was at the, the time, you know, in the summer and I had all this information 
And I had all of this um, knowledge from books and listening, and I could quote Brene Brown and Wayne Dyer and, you know, all of the people, but I wasn't feeling it in my heart. I wasn't feeling like I was embodying it. I knew it. And so for me, it was like going from head to heart is what I wanted. I wanted to embrace this and have this like be me, not something I had to do. So how did that look different for you? Because I think a lot of people experience exactly what you're talking about. They know cognitively that they're supposed to be grateful and they're supposed to not judge themselves. They're supposed to love themselves. But you're right. The real embodiment of it is is not happening for people. So how did that look for you? Um, well, for me, it looked like ayahuasca. Like for me, I just knew, not that that was the only way. I don't think that's the only way because certainly, you know, there's a, a million things. For me, it just resonated with me that I knew this was the next step in my path for whatever reason that and I, I made it happen like, I don't know, I think I was September and I went in October. It was like, all of a sudden it was like urgent and I had to go. And I went by myself, um, my husband and my kids, my husband was amazing, you know, just like for the week, do whatever. Um, I went from Sunday to Sunday. I, I had researched a ton. So I felt super confident um, medically. This is actually the place that I went is called Rhythmia in Costa Rica. It is, to my knowledge, I don't know if it's the only, but it definitely is, you know, one of the only licensed uh, medical places where they can offer ayahuasca as um, as medicine with a doctor on site. So I just, you know, felt like I was going to be in good hands. And I mean, from the second they pick you up at the airport, from the little nuts and the trail mix and the, the water and all that, till the minute you leave, it was one of the safest, most loving, kindest environments. It was like landing in just this. And now, retrospectively, I realize, I think because it's just the energy is so clear in this spot. Like people are releasing things and, you know, you just have such a different uh, concept of the world when you from when you walk in till when you walk out. And so... Um, I mean, I think magic happens there, which is <laughs> why it's like that. But I just felt, I just felt held and safe and loved, which, which is so important when yeah. you're doing any type of healing yes. work, but particularly yes. something like ayahuasca. Yeah, and I also chose this place because it wasn't just about ayahuasca. Is different, you know. I mean, I've heard lots of people. You know, people were going to ask me, "Well, what are you going to tell your kids?" I said, I'm going to tell them I'm doing ayahuasca. <laughs> like, you know, it's not like I'm going to do a recreational drug on the corner. It's, you know, it's plant medicine. Mm -hmm. uh, so you cannot, um, or people, well, it's easy to sometimes think you can just go do a ceremony or just go do it the same way you would go do a drug on a, you know, a weekend or go to a party. But I, it's not like that at all. It is not, it's something I think that needs to be facilitated, that needs to be guided, you know, guided. There were shaman, there were, you know, this has been going on for hundreds of thousands of years in the jungle and passed down from generation to generation. Um, and so for me, it was also important not just to do the medicine, but they offer yoga and integration sessions. Um, there was a speaker there talking actually about going from head to heart, ironically. Um, and Or not ironically. Exactly. 
you know, there were all there's uh, amazing organic, uh, vegan, vegetarian food. So it was definitely a space that was head to heart. It wasn't just we're going to go do the medicine and then we're going to ship you out of here. So that was important to me as well. Um, and for me, yeah, like I just knew that that was the next step. So I ended up there. And so take us through what a ceremony looks like. I mean, I'm sure it was a very sacred experience, but kind of share with us what what it looked like, what it felt like, um, how long are they? Yeah. So the first, so I chose to go from Sunday to Sunday because the, I wanted to have some downtime at the end afterwards. So you go and you do four ceremonies and you do three nights of what they call, um, breath work, transformational breath work, which in itself can be, I, I don't know if you've ever engaged with it. Or it, it can be very, like some people had bigger breakthroughs than with the ayahuasca because of this technique of breathing. You're for about like an hour. Well, my yoga instructor is Joseph Floricella, is a breath work, mm. breath body worker. Um, and interestingly enough, I was in his class yesterday and he kind of came over to me and he looked at me and he said, you're not really breathing right now, are you? Mm-hmm. And I was like, <sighs> and when I did start to breathe and really breathe, I started, if I wasn't in yoga class, I would have been like Seven. so hysterical. Mm-hmm. Tears were just mm-hmm. coming down my face pouring down my face and afterwards I said to him I was like what was that and he's like you were really breathing and when you're really breathing Mm -hmm. you can really get in touch with with intense feelings well so before I speak about ayahuasca ceremony the so the first night I got there was um Sunday and it was a breath work uh night and that's exactly what happened I laid down I mean I had a lot of like you know bottled up stuff and I knew that I wanted to come so it was a big release coming but within five minutes of just laying there with, you know, the beanbag and the thing in your back. I was hysterical. And like um, people were just releasing and shaking. And it was so interesting to me that just breathing and laying back and, you know, and they just started saying the most gentle, kindest things in your ear and whispering and being with you and basically just saying, it's okay. Hmm. Just let it out. And they'll push a little bit on different places in your body. And so that was amazing. And then Monday through Thursday night are the ceremonies, the ayahuasca. And um, so you kind of prepare in the morning. They There's a lot of things. They just talk about logistics so that people know, you know, what it's going to be like. Um, you They do ask that you stop eating after lunch, which – I mean, the meals were amazing and I never felt hungry and it was perfect. I mean, because sometimes you would go like 24 hours without eating, but you didn't even feel it. Um, and there is, you know, there is some purging, which is the reason why they don't really want you to have a lot of food. But that part, it, people think it's going to be like, I don't want to puke. It's going to be. And when you're in it, it's like the least of it. So um, so everybody shows up. It's called a maluka, which is just like the temple. It's basically, um, it's not religious. It's just like a temple. Um, it's like an open space, uh, like on two sides. And then there are some walls with windows and it's just like a very big open room. And it is a little like freaky when you go in at first, cause it's just a bunch of mattresses on the floor with blankets and buckets. And that's pretty much it. And so you kind of, you know, they, they let you in and everybody goes and finds a mattress and it's very quiet. You know, people are just kind of in their space. Some people bring crystals or things with them 
they they suggest kind of that people wear as much white as possible just mm. you know some people do some people don't but it's kind of cool because people are very like flowy and and white and then um they do a lot before you get there so it is a very sacred place i learned a lot about tobacco and how americans completely screwed it all up and what else is new Yes, and that you're never supposed to inhale it and no, you know, the Indian, no one ever inhaled it. And um, So they do use tobacco because it's a very protective and sacred plant as well. And so they kind of coat the whole Maluka with it and then they open the windows and, and release it. Um, there's a huge fire outside in the area that is also there to kind of collect a lot of the energy and like bring it back to the earth. Um and so then they start with something called rape, which is, it's like a, I think a tobacco powder or something. I don't know exactly. And you can choose to do it or not. It's supposed to kind of clear out your chakras and your third eye. And just, um, I didn't enjoy it very much. It made me, but I didn't know how to do it at first. And it kind of, if it goes back in your throat, it hurts. So it's, that wasn't my favorite part, but um, the next nights I didn't do it. And then um, each night is different. So the first night, let's say, was, you know, from like uh, Peru. And then the second night was homebrew where they mixed the ayahuasca themselves. And the brewing is really important because they, they go in. Only certain people can chop down the vine. They are with it. They sing to it when they're mixing it. They like stay with it for 36 hours or 48 hours. And it's a whole really long, like intentional process, which is kind of cool to learn about um and so each night was different uh and then basically they call you up for your first cup it's not the best tasting but i don't know i mean it's not the worst and you drink it and then you go sit down um, on your mattress and you everybody just kind of sits and so that you go about seven o'clock maybe six seven o'clock and then it takes about an hour to do all the preparing and then people get in line to do the rape and that takes a little so probably about eight o'clock you know when it starts and then each night's different it can go till one or two in the morning um the last night is an all-night ceremony so it starts i think we went there about nine and then we were there until after sunrise and that was the big healing um ceremony which was amazing um and then there's shaman playing music and they have shells that they're shaking and bells and a lot of like this whoosh, whoosh, whoosh kind of sound that's some people say is supposed to be like in the womb and some people say it's like when energy is coming and going like just this um and they have i don't exactly know it's like rose water kind of something with alcohol and they like and will inhale and like spit it kind of like on you, around you to, it's just a lot of energy stuff that mm -hmm. things that they can feel and see around you. Um, and they're always just like with the space, you know, it's, they're interacting with, with you, but also I think more importantly, just with the plant. They, they also drink the ayahuasca and I don't know how they, <laughs> I don't know how they stay doing what they're doing. Um, but so they're in the same like place that, that we are. So what is going on for you, if you could share, if you feel, I mean, I, you know. Yeah. So the first night, so the, the, during the day, the big thing, at least at Rhythmia, um, and kind of what 
the founder, you know, distilled down from his experiences, there's really three things that ayahuasca wants to do or that you want ayahuasca to do with you. The first thing is show me who I've become. And so that's the first step is really getting real about, Mm. you know, who you are and, you know, not judging, but just seeing it and getting aware. The second is merge me back with my soul because the belief is that at some point when we were younger, no matter what it was, whether it was a trauma of like something horrific physically or mentally, even to just being a kid and interpreting something as a, a trauma, but we something happens and we split with our soul. And, and that's just kind of what they believe that that's, you know, what happens. And then you spend the rest of the time kind of learning these lessons and kind of coming back to yourself. And then the last thing is heal my heart. So once you've done that, you merge with your soul, then it's like just to, to kind of give me back, you know, my heal my heart and, and know that love. So that's really the thing. So they tell you the first night, I mean, you can have whatever intention you want, but the first night is kind of show me who I've become. Um, and so for me, it looked um, like a big release of control, which I knew. Like I, I there was, um, I don't know how long time passed, but I was on my hands and knees and I wanted to throw up so badly and I, I just couldn't. And mentally I knew it was like, okay, when you let this go, like whatever this is, I can't even describe what that was. It was like, just like I was going to be different. I was going to have to release. I was going to have to surrender. It was the first entry point of like, you can fight this. You're here to surrender, you know, like, and even in my head, I was surrendering, but it was that same thing of like, okay, but can you really let go? And it was just this inner dialogue of just like, you know, until I was you know, just like scream, not, I don't know if I like, you know, and all people are like talking and saying things and crying and, and you really don't hear, you hear it, but it's like you're To not, each other or No, just, just like, you know, so some of the things I'm like, I don't know if I actually said it out loud or if I said it in my head or, because you are, you know, in a little bit of a different, you know where you are. It's not like you're completely mm-hmm. in this other place. Mm-hmm. Like I knew I was in the room. I could talk to people. I could, but you're also very in, in your, state. yeah. So um, to me, it was very much like, uh, she just, mother ayahuasca exaggerates everything and shows you. So to show me who I've become. So for example, um, I would have a tendency sometimes when I was feeling out of control in my life or just, you know, in general, I have four kids. So I would, it's kind of like a pattern. I go work out on Saturday mornings. I come home. It's, you know, I don't know, 10 o'clock and there's like stuff everywhere people are just sitting watching tv you know whatever and i would just start like whose towels are these who had this cereal who had you know just and that's not effective that's not but it was my like we should be doing something i'm not a good mom because the house isn't clean and i like whatever all my stuff was so in you know that night i see this vision of like these wooden voodoo dolls kind of like with the, you know, those things where the teeth chatter in the back of the car. It's like, da, 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 and mm-hmm. bob up and down. Okay. There were just like thousands of them and they were just staring at me like, da, 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 da. and I was just like, okay, I get it. That is me. That is what I sound like when I'm on this rampage. And, you know, just things like that would happen. And there was a point where 
I mean, it sounds a little weird, but just I was waiting like to be crowned. I don't know why I was being crowned. It was just kind of this like ceremony thing. And um, I kept showing up like for the wrong reasons. And, you know, and finally I get there and, you know, this voice, I don't know, he's like, we're all, we all know, like, we're just waiting for you to know that you're ready. I was like ready to, you know, I, I kept not wanting to accept this crown. And it was like, so things like that, where it was like, mm-hmm. you could kind of interpret, actually, before I came today, I was looking for the journal that I used the whole time where I would come home and write and I couldn't find it, which I was thinking, well, the universe probably just wants me to, you know, talk about generally and not right. all the details, not important. But um, it was just a lot of ways that I got to see who I was, you know, and and now I am much better at not judging and just seeing it. But when you're in that, you know, there's also a lot of emotion that comes up about, mm-hmm. I don't want to say guilt, but just, you know, there's just stuff like swirling about seeing things and you know so that first night for me was really just seeing who I was and um kind of just getting it's like you get to know each other and and she just yeah they say like she always is giving you what you need mm-hmm. not necessarily what you what you think you want or even what you asked for necessarily but the information that's coming and it might not make sense until six months down the road or next day or it just, you know. Well, and I think that that's really interesting perspective because I think that, you know, it's sort of how when people think about using prayer or, you know, when people say, well, the, you, why, why would the universe do this to me or mm-hmm. that to me? And it feels, you know, that push-pull of wanting to control the outcome versus mm-hmm. getting what you need and trusting that what you're getting is what you need, even if it's really, really painful at times. And I know, you know, people who are, in pain or who've experienced grief or loss, it feels like, why is this what I need? And it's mm-hmm. really hard to wrap your mind around. Mm-hmm. Um, but it sounds like, too, this is really an exercise in trust. I mean, that's probably at the core, which is one of, I mean, I think it's a lot of people's issues, but I mean, it's one of my main issues is trust. Um, and, you know, so after that first night, the second night was a little more gentle. Um, I got to go back and look at every single year of my life, things that I hadn't remembered in so long of like really clear details of things and school. And it was like this, um, almost like a retrospective of seeing like, oh, well, when that happened in sixth grade, you made up the story that you weren't good enough. And then when you went to seventh grade, then you were, you know, exposed to this. And so you made up this story. Oh, and then when you started doing that, it was to not feel all of the thing. You know, it was like this wow. weaving together of things that that was um, also gave me a lot of insight just into my own kids. Like you forget to feel like a 10-year-old, you know, like mm-hmm. to feel it was like I was in that body again, feeling like how I was at that age. Well, Which and was it's amazing. And it's so profound because I think we always think about the big traumas that mm-hmm. are that that really make up maybe what happened to us or we look back and we think about these big monumental things. But it's really these little like I remember in second grade, my second grade teacher, me not being able to keep up with some of the there was this like this numbers thing where you had to like count to the 10,000s. Mm-hmm. And I remember 
whether she said this or not, my experience and my memory of it was that she said to me, you'll never be able to keep up with these two people. Mm. Now, I, who knows if that's right. what she said, but I internalized mm-hmm. that. And that really stood with me for mm-hmm. years and years and years. Right. And, you know, in my therapy, I was able to talk about that, but it was such like, a, I mean, in the scheme of life, the fact mm-hmm. that I would remember something so small but like so profound oh, it's and, huge. and no one would say well that was a, a severe trauma but for me it's uh that was it, it's but that's like the exact of what you're saying and i've been to th- you know my parents were divorced when i was three thank god they put me in therapy you know when i was like four or five and i've been on that maybe that started my my journey here um but it's exactly that like it's like therapy in a second because you can go and look at all of that and realize that's just a story that I made up. It's not the truth. And so for me, what ayahuasca did, I didn't think I was looking for anything. There was nothing I was searching for. It was more of an uncovering, of a revealing of who I knew, who I know myself to be, the truth of who I am, which is abundance, wholeness, love, joy, freedom, that's who I am. That's who we all are at our core. And so it's a remembering of who we are. And that's really what it felt like. There was nothing, there was nothing new that I was, you know, finding out. And the most amazing thing is the next day when you're listening to people's journeys. And I mean, there are physical things that happen. I didn't go for any, you know, physical ailments, but there were people there for Lyme disease, for eating disorders, for um, you know, other physical things that, uh, well, I guess eating disorders, both physical, I mean, everything, I guess physical and mm-hmm. mental mind body. But, um, so some people were having what they call like energetic surgeries, which did mm. not happen to me, mm-hmm. but just hearing these stories and they're so similar, like the things that you end up talking about, first of all, the group is, I, there were about 70 of us and oh, you are that many people. Yeah. It, it ranges from, I think maybe like 50 to 80. And they actually say the more people, the better, like the more energy it's kind of, Mm. but you know, I mean, you bond with a lot of people and become so close. So the things that you're sharing and talking about, you know, besides puking and, you know, pooping and whatever, like, it's just, it's incredible. Like, and you start to see people's faces change and bodies change and smiling. And there's literally a physical difference at the end. Um, and it's hard. So during the day, there's a lot of just processing because you could just be in the space of, I don't know, and then, oh, my God, and then you kind of get that pit in your stomach. You're like, I have to do it again tonight, but it, that's why I came, and it's the best thing ever. And it's like just one of those, like a, like doing a marathon. You know, mm-hmm. it's hard, and you have to do it, but you feel amazing at the end. So, um, so for me, um, I would say the biggest night was the last night was when I really had um, the biggest opening. And, you know, there's a, a huge road of kind of how it got there. Um, and it really was, though, there was a almost a, like a, a, a rebirth that happened. Um, and that's kind of what they say, the, the heal my heart can look like, um, you know, and, 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 you know, I don't want to like freak anyone out, but for me, um, the rebirth came in a, I I had to shoot myself in the head, like just, you know, in my mind, obviously. And I was not scared at all because my stepmom who had passed away, 
now three years ago, um, she and I had just connected in this world and in, in my ayahuasca world. And she said, you're not your body. You're not your body. You, you're not your body. Like just kept saying, you're not your body. Um, and I even look, I remember, like I looked up kind of at mother ayahuasca and I was like, wait a minute. Like I thought the rebirth was going to be like lights and flowy and music. You know, some people were like describing the one guy was like, I got this disco heart and it was like, you know, throbbing. And I was like expecting this big party. And she just looked at me. She's like, no, she's like, you have to kill yourself because you've been in your own way the whole time. And I was like, oh, okay. It's like this. And, uh, I had no fear and I just shot myself and I don't really know kind of where, like I went somewhere and I, I did see a lot of people. Um, sadly, I know more of people than I would like to who commit suicide. Um, and for some reason, all of those people came to me in that time. Hmm. And I started seeing things about their journeys and their paths. Look at this chills right now. Um, and then I saw some other people who had passed in like a different way. Um, and she was kind of showing me how they, how, how, like exactly what you were just talking about, how like when people are in the pain, they don't know it, but like, or they don't know why, but it was like showing me from the other side, almost why it had to happen. And that it wasn't as we thought here on earth, like it was bad, but it was this person's exit strategy. Mm-hmm. And it was just the time and that it had to happen for other things to happen. So, and I can't even explain it happened that that all like was like downloaded to me in like a few seconds. Mm-hmm. You know, it was just like, I this mean, feeling. and what you're describing is similar to like when people describe near death experiences, yeah. things like that. It's, it's, you get a whole mm-hmm. movie yeah. in an instant. Yeah. And, and so, so time. Yeah. Right. Yeah. And, and what's time. And so I was in this other place and then um, like came back and I had gone outside and I just, it was like this really like weird feeling of being a baby in the nursery. And there were like people looking at me and I was in the little clear, you know, like glass thing. Um, And then a whole bunch of things came and there was a a woman who had come over to me, who I had called over. um, And then she came to me and I didn't know this until afterwards either, but she had just been told that she had healing hands. And I called her over to like lay hands on me. Which in real is, life. In real life, which Not. is something I wouldn't. I like raised my hand and I called her over and I was like, um, can you please come pray for me? Which is just not really who I am in my actual life. I mean, I pray, but like, um, and so she had come over, but it was just this whole synchronicity of things. And, and then the most profound part of the whole experience was that this woman, I'm not going to say she turned into my grandma, but she was my grandma. Like she just became like the, it was like my grandma had chosen this person to come to tell me that everything was okay. Mm -hmm. And um, it still makes me, you know, like tear up. And I always hear you say to people, like when you have the experience with the medium, like remember this feeling because you're going to go back into your real life and it's going to start to fade. And so I know. And, and so I look up and she's like robbing me and all that. And I look up and my grandma has, um, a huge aquamarine ring that my sister went with her to pick out. And it's this big thing. And so, you know, she, when she passed, it went to my sister, but it's this very unusual, just big, like rectangular cut that I haven't really seen. 
And I look at this woman's hands that look like my grandma's. Her body looks like all of a sudden she's like, and she is wearing this ring, this huge blue stone cut the same way. And I lost it. I was just like of joy. It was like the very end of the ceremony. And it was very, and and about an hour ago, an hour previously, I was just like, oh my God, well, maybe I'm going to be the one who doesn't get this big thing. And who doesn't, you know, I was in this whole like other space. And then it was like, and I just stood up and I was like, everything makes sense. Every single thing in my life has been leading me like right here to this moment to get this knowing that my grandma has always been with me and that she is with me and that like it was just it was so magical and crazy and and then you know at the end of the trip um was a whole nother way it happened but I was you get to go get a massage at the end and um if you do go plan it for the last day so I'm getting my massage and some people were leaving on Saturday and this woman Karen who you know uh, was my grandma uh, she had been looking for me and she said, well, I just knew I'd find you before I left. And I had started thinking about her really hard in the, when my grandma and I had started crying towards the end of my massage and I come out and I'm walking down and she's walking towards me on the path. Like we're just walking towards each other. And she was literally about to get on her shuttle. And she said, here, this is for you. And she gave me this like huge ring. I'm like, I cannot take this. She's like, no, you, it's yours. She's like, you have to have it. Wait, she gave you the ring? She gave me the ring. And I just was like sobbing. I mean, you know, it wasn't even about the the thing. It wasn't the ring. It could have been a a gumball, you know, whatever. It just was just this, you know, I mean, and so it was so many, many, many lessons. um, But the the trust and the self-love and um, just knowing that we're not alone and that I'm not crazy and the pennies that I see everywhere. Like I can ask for a penny and it comes now and I can, you know, that it's just that it was so comforting. It was so comforting to know that we're just, we do go on, you know, and we are energy and spirit and that there is a way to, to connect. So last question before we end today, what is it like re-entering life <laughs> after something like this? Yeah, that might be a whole nother uh, thing. <laughs> so... Well, that is a big part of why a place, you know, the place that you choose to do it is important because I think if I had just come back, even without like a day or two of buffer in such a peaceful, amazing, beautiful place um, and had to jump back into school and all that would have been hard. The the thing that I found really hard, well, especially because it was like the middle end of October, was being in nature. Mm-hmm. I had this new relationship with nature of how we're all one and the connection of just sitting and like listening to a tree. It sounds so like, you know, woo woo, woo, Mm -hmm. but I know, I know we could do that here. Um, but you know, just the connection of nature. And so being in Chicago and, you know, starting the winter season, you know, I was like, Oh, what am I going to do to, to be outside? And so I did start to lose a little of that. Um, but it is a very, um, interesting place because I felt different, but entering the same situation, you know, everyone else was like the same. Um, but yet other people look different because everyone's a mirror of me. And so me, you know, looking, thinking different things than, you know, your husband starts to look different, your kids show up Mm -hmm. differently. Um, but I would say that it was rough the first couple of weeks. 
because I felt separate, but together. And I was like trying to integrate this oneness, but not feeling one. And, um, and I think like December, uh, I had like one big, not like blowout, but like a, like, a, I don't know, a temper tantrum, I guess, um, which was like a pattern, you know, of just getting frustrated and breaking point. And since that, that was like a, like a, like I'm done. Like I saw it so clearly, like you're doing this and then this happened. Like, why? We don't do that anymore. You know, you don't have to do that anymore. I, it, I was so, I lost my need to protect. Um, and my protection often pushed people away, like even subconsciously. I think that was the other thing that so much subconscious stuff got stirred up to come to the surface. And um, I work with another person named Kyle Cease. Um, and a lot of what he talks about is the the releasing. Things are coming up to come out. Mm -hmm. And that's exactly what they say with the ayahuasca, you right. know, because things can look a little scary at times. They're just saying, like, remember, it's in you. If, if you're thinking it, if you're feeling it, whatever, it's somewhere in your body, whether it's a stored cell, you know, somewhere in your cell or whether it's in your brain or wherever we keep everything. So it's coming up to come out. And so that releasing now, I mean, for me, crying, I cry often, but it feels it's like the weather. You know, I'm like, oh, I'm crying. Okay, great. And then 10 minutes later, I'm fine. But it, it, because I don't stop to judge it. And so many times we're like, with our kids or a friend. Oh, you're crying. Oh, let's go get Ben and Jerry's. Oh, let's go to the movies. Let's distract, distract, distract and not feel. Mm -hmm. And it, there's just nothing wrong with our feelings. We, we, we say like, oh, this is bad. We shouldn't feel this. We shouldn't. And that's the other thing is kind of what I was talking about of the revealing what was in me. This journey for me that, I mean, it's lifelong, but is about releasing those shoulds. Those are somebody else's shoulds. You know, the other thing that um, ayahuasca showed me was all of the things that I picked up to carry that weren't mine to carry. So ancestral stuff. Um, I'm Jewish. And for about two minutes, she was like going towards the Holocaust. And I was like, please, no, please, no. <laughs> like I couldn't deal with the souls of that. But at the same time, she was telling me like, even that, that is not yours to carry. Mm. Like we carry these things with us. And you know, stories and beliefs and the, we should have this money. We should have this, you know, this relationship. We should have this car, this house, this, whatever it is. And we believe it like it's the truth. And it's not, it, everything is just made up. And so that freedom of just knowing that everything is perfect, every single thing. I meet the perfect people at the right time. It shows up, you know, I was just telling you previously, we had to, you know, deal with tenants and had issues, even that there's lessons it's happening for a reason. Mm -hmm. I got to look at a lot of things about myself. And so when I can continue on my journey to look at what triggers me, like that's where the gold is. It's like the, it's like when a doctor looks at the symptom versus like, why is the rash coming? Not right. just let's get, I mean, yes, let's get rid of the rash. So yes, like, you know, cry, feel your feelings. But when my husband said, that, you know, I don't know, those potatoes weren't crispy or whatever it was like, what, why did I get mad? Why did mm -hmm. I defend? Why did I, what, that's where I look now without judgment of just like, oh, that's so interesting. That's such a, that's another place for me to look, mm -hmm. you know? And the, I think the other big, big thing um, that I got was meditation. I had talked about meditation. I dabbled in meditation. I, you know, was a proponent of meditation. It was a good thing, but I 
didn't do it on a regular basis. And so since I came back in October, um, almost consistently, uh, I've done about an hour a day and I try and, you know, sometimes go longer. And just this past few weeks during the end of summer and all that, I felt it go. Mm -hmm. And, you know, sometimes you do it and I'll be done. And I'm like, well, there are no big epiphanies. I don't know if it's working. I don't know. You know, and it's like, what's working? That's another judgment. Like it's working or not. But the taking away, I was like, oh my God, this is. That's that's when I, it's not necessarily, I feel very similar. It's not necessarily every day I'm doing it. I have these profound experiences, Mm -hmm. but when I don't do it, I'm like, yikes. Yeah. And so for me, that's my it's just connection. Right. And when I, and that's it, it, it's our false belief of separation is the, to me, the root of why I, why someone can look across the table and say something mean or do something mean because they don't, we're missing the, the remembering that we're all one. And that when I look at you, your story is my story. And that, you know, we're not free until all of us are free, that kind of thing. So it's, um, it's really just a consciousness and an awareness, which is what constantly you're talking about mm-hmm. is just all the different ways. And there are near-death experiences and there's ayahuasca and there's therapy and there's all, you know, it's like just whatever works. And so I feel like if someone is called and hears this even and feels um, just do research and look into it and you'll know like if it's for you. And if someone wants to, if they're curious and they maybe want to get in touch with you or how, how would they do that? Um, well, they can email me at janicegork at gmail.com. Um, and since I have been back, I have just kind of gone along the, the journey of head to heart. So um, I have a website, which is head number two heart dot life. Um, so head to heart dot life. And just, you know, I, I think anyone's journey looks all different ways. And so sometimes, um, like I said, people were worried about what my kids would think about it. I mean, people think, you know, if you think it's weird and it's not for you, it's not for you. But um, if it is, it, I would just say it can be scary like anything, mm-hmm. but the benefit, it is I'm a completely different person than I was when it's been now almost a year. And my life has changed. I mean, I've continued to do a lot of work and I, I think we have to like working out, you right. know, you can't work out for a month and then you're like, Oh yeah, I'm in shape and I'm done. Mm-hmm. It's a constant. <laughs> so for better, or for worse, you know, you got to stay in the game. But when I do, when I stay connected, it's magic. Well, thank you so much for your time. What a beautiful, profound, so many nuggets. I hope people take away from this. Mm. So thanks, Janice. Yeah. Thanks for letting me share. Like what you heard today and want to hear more? curious about what comes next and what it all means, you can subscribe on iTunes. Just go to podcasts and find life, death, and the space between and hit subscribe. And you can follow me on Twitter and Instagram at Dr. Amy Robbins. Ask me any questions you might have. Let me know what else you'd love to hear about or just share your story. I can't wait to hear from you.